0: People. Uh, yes, I think I think it is, or has been recently. Um, our own our Hang Seng index has been very difficult to uh, to trade or forecast uh, in the last couple of months, um, partly because in in our case, partly because we had this enormous flood of new paper IPOs coming in, which suddenly people are saying, well, they all look the same to me. You know, it's just a new a new. <laughs> App uh, or something, um, but you know, th- 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 there's, we have reached a kind of um, <clears> those <throat> signs of excess here and there. Uh, that's one of them. Uh, oh, OK. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, well, thank you very much. We've run out of time. That's John Schofield, Managing Director at Tempest Investment, Stuart Allcroft, Chairman of City Trust. And you also heard our international economics correspondent over in Washington, D.C., Barry Wood. You're listening to Money Talk on RTHK Radio 3. Let's take a final look at the markets. Down in Australia, the SX200 is up about a third of 1%. The Nikkei 225 in Japan also trading to the upside, up 0.2%. The Cosby in South Korea is up 0.1% and futures markets indicating that the Hang Seng is gonna add about a couple of hundred points at the open this morning. Uh, Brent crude oil slipping a little bit down at $62.66 a barrel. Gold also off slightly as well, at uh, $1,742 an ounce. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Stay tuned for Back chats coming up in just one moment after the news. Uh, the weather forecast for today, mainly cloudy, sunny periods during the day with a maximum temperature of about 27 degrees. It's going to be cloudy and windy with a few rain patches in the next couple of days. 22 degrees right now, 74% relative
1: humidity. Coming up to 8.32, here's Todd Harding with the half-hour news. Police say they've arrested a man for allegedly molesting a 12-year-old girl who had been left alone at home last Thursday while his female partner is suspected of burgling the public housing flat in Sao Ping. Police say the assault was recorded on a mobile phone and that the pair left with property worth $5,600, including cash, a necklace and a phone. The girl then made her own way to a police station. Marling Ho is the acting assistant police commander for Sao Ping. A male and a female burglar were looking for targets on Ontario Estate. When they
2: turned up at this particular flat, there was only a
3: 12-year-old girl inside. The two threatened
1: her in different ways and she opened the door. President Biden says the US is on track to exceed his goal of giving 200 million vaccinations in his first 100 days in office. Mr Biden said more than 80% of teachers had received at least one jab and that every American adult would be eligible for one from April the 19th. But he warned that new variants of the virus were increasing. The virus is spreading because we have too many people who see the end in sight think we're at the finish line
4: already. But let me be deadly earnest with you. We aren't at the finish line. We still have a lot of work to do. We're still in a life and death race against this virus.
1: A trial of the Oxford AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine on children and teenagers has been suspended in the UK, while the country's regulator investigates possible links to rare blood clots in adults. A professor from the University of Oxford said there were no concerns about the safety of the trial, but scientists were waiting for more information. The BBC's Anna Collinson reports.
4: This decision to halt immunisations for the short term may just be for a few days. They're just doing it to be extra, extra cautious. What the overriding argument would be is that it is safe to use from the Prime Minister Boris Johnson to the World Health Organisation to the Vaccines Minister and the European regulator. They would all say that the vaccine is as safe as it can be. No vaccine is completely safe. There are always risks with this.
1: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
5: Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Hugh Chiverton, your co-host today. We welcome Steve Vine. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning. A Covid catch up again today. Authorities confirmed seven new infections yesterday, three local, four imported cases but no untraceable ones. But a government advisor on the pandemic has warned that infections could jump up again after the holidays when people generally stay away from doctors. Meanwhile, police and government officers issued a total of $5 million in fines over breaching of social distancing rule in a sweep that began on the eve of the five-day Easter break. Well, how did you spend that uh, long weekend? And what are your vaccination plans now that they're more or less back on course? Uh, let us know. You can email backchat at rthk.hk with your thoughts, questions and comments or you can call us on two three three eight eight two six six. 88 or you can go to our Facebook page, that's Backchat and RTHK Radio 3. We're talking COVID once again today. Uh, joining us in the first part of the programme just until 9 o'clock this morning is once again Professor Benjamin Cowling, Professor and Division Head in the Division of Epidemiology and Biostatistics at the School of Public Health at the University of Hong Kong and uh, others medical doctors will be joining us uh, after the news at 9. So if you do have a question for uh, Professor uh, Cowling Uh your your best bet honestly is to call us and the number is 23388266 and then you can talk directly to him. Uh otherwise uh you might not have time to get your question uh, in to him, uh, if you want to uh, hear it from him. Uh, let's kick off with a, a, an email of a welcome. Uh, this is uh, from uh, Uma, who says, Dear Backchat, I'm a regular listener to all the top quality programmes presented by RTHK, and would like to extend a warm welcome to Steve Vines here on Backchat. I enjoyed morning brew at 10 o'clock with Steve every Thursday, but was really saddened and disappointed that it was ended for some lame reason. I hope Steve can continue to share with us his insights and knowledge which made his segment on Morning Brew the highlight of the week. I also hope RTHK top-quality programmes produced by our excellent world-class journalists are not cancelled for no good rhyme or reason. RTHK is funded by taxpayers' money, and as a taxpayer, I think we deserve to have a say in the type of shows or programmes we like to listen into. Thank you. Well done, RTHK journalists, for your excellent service. That comes from
6: Uma. Oh, but very nice of her. Can I just clarify, she's not a family member. Not
5: your, it's not mum. <laughs> Uh, And uh, another uh, email, this is from uh, Herman uh, on uh, today's topic. Uh, who says as Hong Kong relaxed its restrictions, France and Italy imposed new lockdowns. Germany faced and continues to face a crisis of trust over its handling of the pandemic, while Britain, that great source of never-ending complaints about other countries' authoritarian <coughs> practices, saw London police enter a Polish church on Balham High Street on Good Friday, stand at the altar, and order worshippers to go home, threatening to fine each of them with £200 for non-compliance. Funny how we, the oppressed in Hong Kong, enjoy more freedom than free England. And Europe do now. And I hope this good fortune is not spoilt by having to endure more prejudice claptrap from internet hyenas alluding that Chinese vaccines are unsafe simply because of their origin, while ignoring suspensions of the AstraZeneca vaccine in Europe and North America, the halting of production of the AstraZeneca vaccine in the US, or that long-term safety. Of mRNA, the technology employed in the Pfizer, BioNTech, and Moderna vaccines, uh, which uh, Tal Zax, Moderna's uh, chief medical officer, admits alters DNA is yet unproven. That is uh, from Herman. Uh, Professor Cowan, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much indeed for, for, for joining us this morning. Uh, you know, the numbers are still pretty low in Hong Kong. You know, they're, they're kind of minimal, really, aren't they? Where, as Herman points out, they are rising in, in, in many other places and seem to be having another wave in some European countries. So, fingers crossed, we seem to be doing quite well at the moment.
2: Yeah, what's been happening in Europe is, is uh, they've been doing this suppress and lift strategy. So when the numbers of cases are quite high... They'll bring in the social distancing measures to get the numbers back down to a low level. And then when the numbers have gone to a low level, not zero, but just a low level, then they'll relax all the measures. And sooner or later, there will be a resurgence. And so in in Europe, we're seeing now their third wave has flared up, and the numbers are getting up and up and up, and they're going to have to bring in social distancing measures to to bring that back down again. In Hong Kong, we've had a choice of doing that, um, of of just using measures when the numbers are a bit too high, uh, and then relaxing when the numbers are lower. Uh, we've got another choice though is to go for elimination like mainland like Australia New Zealand and we haven't quite made it to zero unfortunately before relaxing the measures so we're uh, I'm a little bit worried that we're following in Europe's footsteps with uh, with a possibility of a resurgence again
6: I I wonder it's uh, Steve Vines here I wonder whether this target of zero is really uh, realistic I mean you, you get zero days obviously but the idea of zero is that a runner
2: well if you look at taiwan they've done very very well they've been at zero for most of the past year australia and new zealand have managed it they've had reintroductions they've had um resurgences in the community uh from time to time but they've managed to get it back down to zero again when that happened. um so there's pros and cons there's a, there's advantages and disadvantages of the suppress and lift strategy used by europe there's advantages and disadvantages of the elimination strategy used in the mainland, in Taiwan, Australia and New Zealand. And in Hong Kong, we seem to be somewhere between the two.
6: You, you don't think that this is something like the flu, where people at the end of the day say, look, it, it can be fatal, but we, 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 we find a way to live with it?
2: Look, for, for now, definitely not. It's much, much more serious than the flu. And I, I don't think we can find a way to live with it. We can use vaccines to go back to normal, but until we do that, uh, or until we get herd immunity through natural infections, which I don't think we, we would like, because the, the, uh, the number of severe cases would be uh, considerable. There are a lot of very seriously ill people, uh, possibly a lot of fatalities. So I, I don't think we'd like to get herd immunity through natural infections. Uh, some other places may have already reached that, though. In Hong Kong, we can, we can go to herd immunity through vaccination, then we can get back to normal. Until then... I think we, we can't think of it like the flu is much, much more serious. You've, you've seen what happened in Europe, what happened in New York a year ago. Uh, an enormous number of severe cases from relatively low infection rates, maybe just 5%, 10% of the population infected, already floods the hospital and causes a lot of severe disease, a lot of mortality.
5: We've got a similar point made in an email from Ali, uh, who says, uh, could your guest please comment why, when, in March 2020... The UK government downgraded the threat of COVID to flu level and has a link to a, a, a UK government uh, statement, which I haven't looked at. Uh, we are still treating COVID-19 as a big threat to public health. Furthermore, this has been borne out in Hong Kong by the low death rate, with virtually all people succumbing also having comorbidities. We need to get back to normal. Stop testing healthy people and stop pressing people to get vaccinated, which is in itself putting citizens at risk. The sooner we take a sensible approach with the understanding that this is just like any other. Flu, the better. That is from uh, Ali. So I guess, Professor Cowling, you've already kind of addressed that.
2: Yeah, I, I could say a bit more, though. I mean, mm. if you look at what's happened in Hong Kong in the past year, we've had about half a percent of people have been infected, and there have been 200 deaths. Uh, in a, an infection like COVID, which spreads very easily, if we were to go back to normal and just ignore COVID and try and get on with our lives, it wouldn't be long before infections crept up, numbers of cases went up 100 a day, 500 a day, thousands a day, 10,000 a day, even more. Uh, we would expect about half a population to be infected in a, in a major epidemic if nothing was done to stop it. So if you go from half a percent to 50%, that's times 100. 200 deaths so far, times by 100 is 20,000 deaths. And that's if the hospital can cope with the severe cases and, and manage to save people's lives uh, if they're in intensive care. And so you, we can see immediately that there's, there's no way the healthcare system in Hong Kong can cope with that number of infections that number of severe cases and the the mortality rate would be much larger than the back of the envelope calculation i just gave if we were to allow covid to spread freely
5: okay our number 23388266 eight eight two have got guy on the line now guy good morning
7: good morning to you um you may recall that i raised the question of pre-vaccination screening before um and i've provided you with the screening form from singapore and also u.s I've now found a BioNTech anaphylaxis advisory from the UK and that reads um, any person with a history of anaphylaxis to a vaccine, medicine or food should not receive the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine. Um, as I have had anaphylaxis due to hornet stings, I now feel confident that that does not include me. However, it goes on to say, Saying in the advisory, um, uh, MHRA updated cert- advice, that's the um, advisory, independent advisory committee in the UK on vaccinations, etc. Vaccine recipients should be monitored for 15 minutes after vaccination with a longer observation period when indicated after clinical assessment.
8: Um,
7: a protocol for the management of anaphylaxis and an anaphylactic pack must always be available whenever the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine is given. Immediate treatment should include early treatment with 0.5 mg intramuscular adrenaline, um, and that is usually in the form of an EpiPen, um, with an early call for help and further IM adrenaline every five minutes. The health professionals overseeing the immunization service must be trained to recognize an anaphylactic reaction and be familiar with techniques for resuscitation of a patient with anaphylaxis. Now, in my own experience, um, when I needed um, an emergency medical response to an anaphylactic uh, shock due to hornet sticks, uh, I found that the paramedics, both on motorbikes and uh, ambulances were not equipped with any form of, of adrenaline injector and i had to be transported to a and e for emergency medical treatment i found that extraordinary and um, i'm not confident that the vaccination center that i will attend very soon will be properly equipped and i'd like to hear ben cowling's
5: uh views on that please okay, we, sure. you, so, yeah the go, go the ahead we do have a doctor centers. afterwards but get your carry on
2: sure the, the vaccination centers do have epi there's a medical doctor at each vaccination center a medical doctor on site if needed and if you go to one of the vaccination centers at a private hospital sanatorium st paul's glen eagles um that's maybe the, the most suitable place to go because then that's actually in a hospital as well but they, even in the other vaccination centres, they have doctors on site. They have epipens on site. They're ready to handle anaphylactic reactions because that's one of the, the things that they'll be worried about when they do mass vaccination. So, I, yeah. I,
5: Guy, are you reassured.
7: Yeah, I am reassured. So there will be doctors um, I'm, I'm there. Also surprised, and I hope that uh, the surprised. regarding paramedic equipment is also being uh, updated okay. because um, a lot more people are going into the countryside these days and exposing themselves to the possibility of bee and hornet stings. So I think it's important that the fire services department get on board and make sure paramedics are properly equipped. Um, okay. um, thank you. The, the The centre I'm going to is managed by the hospital authority, okay.
4: which is reassuring. Thank okay. you.
5: Great. Guy, thank you very much indeed for your call. Two three three We've got Mike back, I think, now. Mike, good morning to you
4: back. It's been a while.
5: It has, so yeah. Five had, days.
4: I had a couple of questions for Dr. Cowling. I saw him last week on television and he was socially distanced with a mask on. I just questioned whether or not he'd had the vaccine. And if he'd had the vaccine, why was he still masking up and still socially distancing?
2: So myself and the presenter, Michael chigani have both had one dose. I think Michael Chagani had his second dose yesterday. Mine is scheduled in a week. Uh, So after we've been fully vaccinated, then in theory, we, with the vaccine for both of us, after we've been fully vaccinated, we really wouldn't face much risk anymore of getting infected or passing on infection to anyone else. But even so, Hong Kong still has a mandatory masking law, and there's no relaxation of mandatory
4: masking, as far as I understand, for people who've been fully vaccinated. Understood. My my second question was um, a, a discussion I had with my son, who is an ER doc, and i asked him i said i saw a phd in southern california who had electron microscopes over 1500 uh supposed covid cases and he found no covid at all uh they were all influenza a and influenza b and they all taught, they all tested positive but he couldn't find any covid and so he asked the cdc and The surrounding laboratories, if they would have sent him any um, positive COVID samples and so far nobody has been able to send him and he's in the process of suing the CDC as in Southern California, he could not find one positive uh, electron microscoped um, uh, COVID.
5: Sorry, he was looking for the virus through a microscope. (coughs)
4: <coughs> he, was, he had, he had 1,500 different samples on different patients that had supposedly been tested positive for COVID. And on electron microscope examination, he could not find one patient that had COVID. But they were all listed as having COVID. S-
5: sorry, but he was, So he was literally like looking for the virus through a microscope.
4: Actually, looking with his electron microscope, he was actually looking for a uh, 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 any any uh, the spike protein COVID.
5: Okay, is that how it's done? I don't know. Um, well, anyway. I would, I mean, yeah. you, you test the counter? virus
2: by, by by various methods, but then looking through a microscope for it is is something that you can do after you've detected the virus. It's possible that there are some. False positive results, but not not the number mentioned here, not fifteen
4: hundred. So uh, I'm a little bit surprised. Maybe, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd like to know more. And all the laboratories in Southern California, of course, he has. He's a clinical. He, he's a he was a clinical lab uh, 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 person, and he was he wanted a sample. He wanted to find COVID, and so far, nobody's able been able to give him. A, a sample. So, how much of how much in in Hong Kong? How many people that have been testing positive for COVID? Is there really that much COVID in the community? Has anybody gone through that type of um, uh, testing, or are we still just relying on that? Um, um, uh, uh,
2: PCR. Yeah, so when yes, people just post PCR, we're, we're pretty convinced this. that they do have COVID. Um, there's a very, very low false positive rate for PCR testing. Um, looking through an electron microscope is not the standard diagnostic procedure. It's more like a research procedure to study I the know, virus.
5: But it, can, Mike, Mike I, can I suggest, I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what, because we've got um, uh, Professor Sridhar uh, on in the second part of the programme. He's a microbiologist. He's a professor, clinical professor of microbiology. So this should be up his street. Um, Do you want to maybe call back then? Certainly. Yeah, Uh, I would. Might might be the right person to talk to.
6: But I I wonder if we could look at the wider implications of the first part of that question. And I wonder, uh, Benjamin Cowling, whether you can bring us up to date with what you know about the likelihood of someone who has been vaccinated still being able to spread the virus or indeed someone who's already suffered from having been affected by COVID. What do we now know about whether those people still are in a, in a spreading mode, if you like?
2: Still some uncertainty. For the BioNTech vaccine, what we've seen in Israel, some preliminary analyses that I'm aware of, have shown that the, the vaccinated people are much, much less likely to be able to pass on infection. So So we know that 95% effective against mild infection. There's still a possibility that people could get a mild infection that's not recognized or an asymptomatic infection, but the effectiveness against maybe a contagious infection is, is certainly more than 90%, I suspect more than 95%. So the biotech vaccine is excellent at limiting not only severe disease, but also at limiting mild infection and potential for onwards transmission. The sign of a vaccine, there's relatively less data available. Uh, we know it's also very good at protecting against severe disease, but not so good as some of the other vaccines at protecting against mild infection, which would also then still be potentially contagious. So my suspicion is the BioNTech vaccine will limit transmission in the community very, very substantially. The sign of that vaccine may be not so much.
6: And people who've contracted the virus?
2: So people who contracted the virus usually will be protected against reinfection for some time there's still possibility of reinfection in some people and we've heard reports of that but in general the immunity seems to be lasting for quite some time um it can be boosted though by vaccination and so people who've been infected should still get vaccinated because their immunity can then come up to a higher level but people who've been previously infected most likely will have some uh, some level of immunity for for at least six months maybe longer maybe even more than a year
6: but of course we, we, we don't know the long term because we haven't got there yet But does that suggest that all of these vaccine programmes would need to be repeated at six-monthly intervals?
2: No, not at all. So what we know so far is the BioNTech vaccine uh, maintains very high effectiveness even up to six months after vaccination. We just haven't seen beyond that because we haven't been following people for that long after vaccination. My suspicion is it will last for quite some time and maybe the reason in the future we'll need booster doses is not because of a drop in immunity from the original vaccination. It may be we need booster doses because of variants that emerge which escape the immunity that we've acquired from vaccination. And that's why we might need booster doses, whether it's in a year or two years or three years, somewhere down the line. At the moment, it seems like the BioNTech vaccine can protect against the variants we know about, the UK variant, the South Africa variant. The Brazil variant, so we don't need a booster dose for those, but maybe in the future there'll be a variant that, that escapes the, the immunity, at least on the biomass vaccine. For the sign of a vaccine, I, I don't know. We don't have any comparable data.
5: Uh, uh, so, an email from uh, JR now. Dear Backchat, do you know or does anyone know what the situation is regarding the recognition of the Chinese vaccines by the UK government? If people get one of the Chinese vaccines, will the UK recognise it and permit entry into the UK unrestricted? I understand that China only recognises its own vaccines and will only allow foreigners uh, who have had those vaccines to enter the country. Also, is there any update about the Chinese government's plans in terms of a mass vaccination? I still don't un- quite understand what the national plan is in terms of travel, et cetera, in the Greater Bay Area or in Greater China as a whole. That comes from JR. Uh, that's,
2: that's a lot of questions altogether. Mm. For the UK, I'm not sure that they will recognise uh, vaccines from people... Uh, sorry, from, uh, they recognise vaccines that they themselves are not using in the UK. We'll have to see, and there's an argument about that in Europe at the moment, because some parts of Europe are using different vaccines. But I, I think ultimately, maybe by September, the UK won't restrict entry to people from, from Asia, from anywhere else, and so it wouldn't really matter what vaccine people have received, because they'll be free to enter the UK anyway. And then the second question about mass vaccination in, in the mainland, um, I, I think supply of vaccines may still be an issue right now, but I know they've ordered 100 million BioNTech vaccines. Most likely they're trying to get their own mRNA vaccine as well. And once they've got a few more vaccines available to them, uh, maybe larger numbers, then I think they can really push ahead with mass vaccination. And it wouldn't surprise me if if the majority of uh, people in mainland have been vaccinated within the next maybe nine to 12 months. And then the mainland can look to open its borders and get back to normal. And hopefully by, Hong, uh, by that time, Hong Kong will have done the same.
5: A lot of confusion about AstraZeneca in uh, Europe. Um, what, what do you make of uh, what's going on there? Is there a significant danger?
2: There's not a significant danger. There is a, a known risk now of blood clots. The order of magnitude is about one in every hundred thousand people vaccinated could develop these blood clots. Uh, It tends to be in middle-aged women, which is how it was picked up, because it was unusual in that age group to see this specific type of blood clot. It was an unusual event, and it was then linked to vaccination, and it's now uh, the European Medicine Agency, I think, just announced that they do believe it's a causal link, but it's a very, very low risk. And so the assessment in Europe is that the risk from COVID infection is still much more serious and concerning than the risk of any event from vaccination and so they'll still continue to use the vaccines. They'll still recommend vaccination. It's a known risk, but it's considered to be a, a very, very low risk.
6: Can I can I also ask you about this um, where where there's confusion? And this is in Hong Kong. We had a 12 day hiatus during which the Biontech vaccine was not distributed on grounds of some faulty packaging. I believe the issue was in caps. That seems to be a very long hiatus compared with a nil hiatus in distribution of Sinovac where there were all sorts of concerns about fatalities, about severe after effects. What do you make of all of that?
2: Yeah, I, I think the, the Committee on, on Causality assessed the, the, sino, the post-Sinovac deaths fairly quickly and concluded that there was no, nothing to worry about. Uh, for BioNTech, I think it took a little bit of time to go back to the manufacturer. And figure out what exactly was going on. But I still don't completely understand myself what's happened because the lots that we got in Hong Kong of BioNTech, I don't think were produced differently to the other lots. I, I don't know. I haven't heard whether the rate of defects that we had in Hong Kong, which was uh, five in a thousand or just two in a thousand, two in every thousand virals were, were defective. I don't know whether that's the same in other countries. I have a suspicion it might be similar in other places that have got the biotech vaccine and so uh, I don't know it seemed like a, an awful lot of backwards and forwards with the manufacturer and then we, we still haven't really learned if there was anything special about the lot that we had uh, there was no safety concern but those lots are not being used as far as I understand and we've been sent replacement lot so it, it's all a bit of a mystery and I wonder whether there'll be an official report to to explain what's happened
5: Quick question from Jay, who says, can someone ask Ben how he sees border openings panning out, first China and then other countries? Is that what you expect? <laughs> no, I
2: think China, the other way around, I think China will be one of the last places to open its borders back up to visitors. And uh, and for us it, in Hong Kong. It's only really safe to do so when, um, it's only really safe okay. to do so when the local communities got herd immunity, either through natural infections or through vaccinations or through a combination. What we're going to see in Europe and, and the North America is a combination of infections and, and vaccinations creating herd immunity, and then COVID will just seem to, to go down to low levels after okay. herd immunity. It won't go down to zero, but it will go down to low levels. There'll be no further threat of hospitals being overwhelmed, and no further need to restrict travel. Okay, so borders will open again, travel will resume. All right, in Asia, accounting. we're going to be behind.
5: Thank you very much indeed for uh, joining us uh, once again. Uh, more after the news at nine. The weather, briefly, It's going to be mainly cloudy today. 22 degrees now, is at 75%. <laughs>
4: is as safe as it can be, no vaccine is completely safe. There are always
5: risks with this.
1: You're listening to the news on RTHK.
5: Welcome back. Back chat. First one of this uh, short week, uh, this Wednesday morning, with Steve Vines and me, Hugh Chiviton. We're talking once again about aspects of uh, COVID and uh, measures uh, in Hong Kong. We were talking to Professor Cowling in the first part of the programme. We're joined now by Dr Alvin Chan, co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases of the Hong Kong Medical Association, and Siddharth Sridhar, clinical assistant professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. We want to hear from you, your questions uh, and comments, uh, please. So you can uh, talk directly to our uh, doctor and to our microbiologist. Uh, the number is two three three eight eight two six six, uh, Or you can email bankchat at rthk.hk. Or you can comment on our Facebook page as well. That's bankchat and rthk radio 3. Um, okay. Uh... Alan says uh, backchat. American Mike presenting virus conspiracy theories, unnamed people, anecdotal stories. So now he's just denying COVID exists at all. He's actively dangerous to public health. Uh, give airtime to medical experts, uh, not QAnon nuts who would deny the sky is blue to stick it to the libs. That's from uh, Alan. Uh, well, um, we have the we have the experts on to to address concerns that, and questions that uh, people have. That's what we're here for. Um, uh okay, Sailor Saki says um he has a story uh, from CNBC. Pfizer COVID vaccine is 91% effective in updated data, protective against South African variant. Uh, as, and Sailor Saki says, and here in Hong Kong we've been arguing about a few broken glass vials, which, and let me tell you how it works, happened because the forklift driver set down the loaded pallet a bit too fast and the laws of physics kicked in. Uh, e equals MC squared. Or in layman's terms, the energy of the drop during unloading was simply too much for the vials packed at the bottom of the pallet. I'm not sure if load stroke shock sensors are attached to it. But if yes, you have evidence beyond doubt that some ex-taxi driver, now forklift operator, made a boo-boo. And that's what happened. That's from uh, Sailor Saki. Uh, Mo says, welcome, uh, Stevie to uh, Backchat. Great to uh, have him here. That's one for uh, Steve Vines. And Nig on Facebook also says, Welcome, Steve Vines. You're giving me a reason to return listening on Wednesdays, (laughs) at least. Uh, That's, uh, as I say, uh, from Nig. Dan on Facebook has a link to a New York Times story. The US is edging towards normal, alarming uh, some officials. Uh, you can check that out. Leslie Ann says, Dear Backchat, one way to incentivize the public to have a vaccine so that Hong Kong can achieve herd immunity quickly could be to only give the free $5,000 that the government is supposed to be giving out this summer, via electronic means, to vaccinated people. That is a suggestion as I say, from uh, Leslie Ann. And uh, a couple of comments on, on the vaccination programme. Um, first of all, uh, Elang Bingo B says, uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, I got my first BioNTech jab yesterday, thanks to the government. The arrangement was so convenient and less waiting time. I don't know why, but I see very less local people are queuing up for the vaccine, but more expats are eager. My question is regarding the latest news about blood clot issues for AstraZeneca vaccine. The EMA has confirmed that there is a direct link to, that's a European agency, has confirmed that there is a direct Direct link to the vaccine. Thanks for Dr. Cowling for clarifying the risk is very low. My parents in India, father age 60 and mother 53, are looking to get the same vaccine this week. Is it still safe for them to take the vaccine or can they wait for further information? That comes, as I say, from uh, uh, Elango B. Uh, Dr. Chan, good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Uh, so we've been hearing about kind of a risk associated with, I don't know if you've been keeping up with what's happening with the, with the uh, AstraZeneca. Uh, 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 what would your advice be for someone like Elango B, who's uh, considering uh, her parents? Well, uh, parents? first of all, uh, we still not uh, have uh, AstraZeneca, Oxford,
9: that's in in Hong Kong. So uh, to us now, it's a theoretical concern, but of course it's given in Europe and also in Australia that uh, uh, if our parents were there, or I think it's safe, um, I, I would say that relatively safe to give it uh, for people over the age of uh, 60, because all those cases found to have Uh, Suffered from blood clots Um, after AstraZeneca, they were uh, mostly uh, under 50 years of age and the females, okay. Um, But however, uh, I I think the uh, EMA had not really concluded any causative relationship between the, uh, I mean, the AstraZeneca and the blood clots. Only one of the scientists in the uh, board uh, had come out to say that it's related. But the official stand of EMA as well as uh, uh, other national uh, medicine agencies or authorities had not come up to such a conclusion. But of course, I think we should be cautious, of course. So I would say that if we have a choice, under the age of 30 uh, females, um, if we have a choice, of course we could opt to take other veterans like Beyond that, or Johnson & Johnson. <clears throat> but um, we, we still say that even there were relationships between the uh, blood loss and AstraZeneca, the risk is not really that big. Um, uh, so that's why Uh, the authorities still said that the benefit
6: uh, outweighs the risks. That's just my understanding of it. Well, Dr. Chan, let's just turn back to what's available in Hong Kong, which is BioNTech and and Sinovac. And I'm wondering what your thinking is now. We've waited repeatedly for the Sinovac to declare the results of the third phase testing. Still not happened. The evidence that exists is that the efficacy ranges between 50 to 60%, much lower than any other vaccine on the market. I mean, in the light of that, how likely are you to recommend to your patients that Sinovac should be their first choice, particularly, incidentally, to patients over the age of 60 where, on the mainland, of course, they're recommended not to take it?
9: Yes, uh, that is really... Um, a paradox um, because the scientific committee in Hong Kong had been so courageous already to stand out and uh, recommend Sinovac uh, to the people of Hong Kong um, even of those over the age of 60 uh, without the publication of the third phase data of uh, Sinovac And uh, this is what uh, the scenario in Hong Kong is. So I think um, people are free to make choices. Everybody had uh, come across all these new reports, and these news reports had already covered what the experts in the scientific committee had committed. And uh, so, if their choice is to believe or not, so and uh, doctors, of course, will um, have their own recommendations. If they believe in the benefits of uh, the uh, vaccine over the risks of taking, then I think uh, they, they, they are free to make recommendations of their patients to go to get the Sinovac jabs uh,
6: and you personally I mean you're a doctor doctors. are you recommending people to take the Sinovac jab
9: yes if they are going to China to do businesses and to meet their family and China is to um, uh, uh, they, they recognize and they uh, really would take Sinovac
6: but that's a uh, social reason not a medical reason
9: well For medical reasons, for well, having said that, you have to understand so-called 30 to 60 percent efficacy rate is the um, the way they do the experiments to statistically compare the two groups, the placebo group and the vaccine group. So, how much they could prevent infection and how much they could prevent severe cases coming up, how much they could prevent from admission into the hospital. And in fact, for every vaccine, not just Sinovac or BioNTech, for every vaccine, the aim of prevention is to prevent the serious cases so that the medical system won't be overwhelmed. And even BioNTech or Johnson & Johnson or Moderna, they could not prevent people from Getting
6: the virus. Well, right? You say they that, but the gap is so dramatic, big, is it not?
9: Carriers, you you right? say
6: that, but the gap in efficacy rates isn't minor; it's enormous. Well,
9: it's your view that it is enormous. If it is real, well, is 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 a gap okay, is of fifty to
6: ninety percent not enormous? No, no
9: according it isn't. to WHO, both could be. They, they could say that they passed the mark. They pass the mark. So it's when they pass the mark that they are accepted as genuine and uh, working vaccines. Well, WHO not has, has not approved
6: Sinovac.
9: They had not yet approved Sinovac. Oh, so because I think it's incorrect to tell listeners that they've passed the, the mark. Phase. They had not published the third phase reports into the uh, internationally recognised journals. You understand? Yes. When they, even even for AstraZeneca, uh, they, at first, they didn't pass the AstraZeneca for the first two or three months. You know, after they had been giving uh, AstraZeneca, um, they, they had not approved it until a, um, two months later. So I think there is a procedure of uh, recognizing and passing. The most important thing is they have the internationally recognized publications in the international journals, which they still had not. I think that is a crucial thing, why the WHO had not yet really uh, so-called approved it for overall, overall use.
5: Okay, on a similar topic, uh, Matthew in an email says, uh, I rescheduled my first BioNTech vaccination on Saturday morning when the system finally reopened. Many spaces available got the vaccination done yesterday. Arrived an hour early, straight in, no wait, no pain, excellent process. Can any experts on the programme today clarify if the mainland government will recognise the BioNTech vaccine that the Hong Kong government is administering for visa applications or are they only accepting mainland-developed vaccines like non-who approved Sinovac, if it's the latter, then uh, what is the reason, uh, Dr. Chandler, my understanding is that the yeah the the, the, the visa process—it's not you're not given a visa automatically if you if you've had the vaccination, but the visa process uh, is uh, smooth smoother. Is that right for people who have had a mainland produced vaccine, Sinovac or Sinopharm? Is that correct? I really don't think it should be so
9: nationalistic. Mm-hmm. In a way, um, even beyond tech, have been marketed and been represented by Fosun, a Chinese company in China. I don't see why China won't accept it.
6: Mm. Well, because Dr. Chan, they've said this isn't a matter of debate. This is a matter of record. They have said they will only produce. Sorry, they will only accept vaccines that have been produced in China. Uh, Biontech is produced in Germany. I mean, I think we have to accept what the Chinese authorities say as being the definitive statement on this.
8: Is it
9: uh, a new, a statement released by government authority or from news agency? I don't know. I haven't read the um, the report. Well, I think but you'll find that in China, news China. agencies
6: follow government guidelines.
9: No, I, I, I'm not sure because really? I have not read it. But uh, it's, it's not that uh, logical to me because China had always said that we should not be so nationalistic uh, and limited by borders, etc. Uh, because once China said it, I think it should know, I mean, she should know that it's reciprocal if you said that you don't recognize the vaccines produced by other countries, you expect reciprocal treatment. Other countries would say that they won't accept, uh, I mean, your vaccines produced by China. So I I really don't know uh, would China make such a comment to limit itself so much.
6: I can assure you, I can assure you, Dr. Uh, Chan, these are on record. These are statements that have been made by the Chinese authorities on record, I'm not. I, I'm quite bemused that you're suddenly saying, "Oh well, I don't even know if these are proper statements." It, it, look up the record; it's all there.
9: Oh, well, where is the record? You
6: mean? Uh, well, I, I suggest, for example, you look at the um, the major Chinese publications. If you're looking in English, you can look at Global Times or China Daily, who report. To the letter, what the Chinese authorities say about these matters. Sorry, letters.
9: I didn't have, uh, I didn't have read Chinese China Daily yeah. like you. I, I just read the South China Morning Post, and uh, I had not yet uh, come across such statement. I but recommend
5: I, it. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah,
9: yeah. I, I, if, I, if, if you really think so, perhaps Radio Hong Kong could ask Chinese authority: uh, Is it true that they won't accept? Are people uh, with vaccinations by other countries' vaccines. I really, I'm not sure about it uh, because what I had said is uh, from a general principle. Because if one country say that it won't accept other countries' vaccines, and other countries uh, against that uh, they won't accept uh vaccines produced by other places, then uh, I, I think uh, that is not uh, international relations like in, 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 in the world, uh, when uh, many places would like to
5: have uh, vaccine passports. Mm. Okay, just to, so, just, to, uh, just to clarify, yeah, just to clarify then, uh, because I think you're agreeing with each other, uh, But uh, the, the actual statement uh, from the, uh, this is from the uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, is that uh, in view, this is from uh, uh, March, uh, in view of resuming people-to-people exchanges between China and other countries, um, the Office uh, of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the SAR will provide following facilitation for visa applicants. Uh, and so, there's, uh, so uh, there are some uh, things which will speed up Uh, The processing and the scope of applicants eligible for applying a visa will be expanded. Uh, Please note, uh, says the uh, notice... Please note that the above-mentioned visa facilitation uh, applies only to applicants who have been inoculated with COVID-19 vaccines produced in China, either having received two doses, blah 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 blah, and obtained the vaccination certificate, a proof of negative COVID-19 test, uh, and uh, the travel record are no longer required. So, yeah, it does say. That it does doesn't specify, sound
6: ambiguous to me.
5: No, it specifies that they should be uh, uh, put vaccines produced in, in China. Uh, anyway, we got we got an, uh, got another caller now on the line. I think. It's Mike is back. Mike, good morning.
4: Yeah, now it, it is Mike back, and I have two two points. First of all, you've gone completely political, and I'm not. I thought we were having a scientific. I thought I would call up and have a scientific discussion. Secondly, your keyboard. Your
5: we can keyboard, do both. We can do both.
4: Okay, your keyboard warriors who think that I said or or or, 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 or um, claim that I said that I don't believe in COVID. Not listening, uh, you know. It's, no, I believe in COVID. I believe COVID's a terrible disease, and I think it's it's it's. Uh, last year at this time, there were body bags, people that were full of people that had COVID. My question was recently, a uh, 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 a scientist, uh, a PhD in a laboratory, tried to find a sample of COVID in Los Angeles and he couldn't find it. All the patients that had positive COVID, the uh, PCR testing, they, uh, they were uh, uh, influenza A and influenza B, but he could not find COVID. Okay, and this I, is something. Yeah, so COVID
5: just COVID. sorry. So this is something you brought up in the in the first part of the program, did So you, you could talk to Professor Sridhar. Let's well, let's do that now because also with us is, is Sridhar, so not clinical not assistant not. professor in the Department of Microbiology at the University of Hong Kong. Professor Sridhar, so. good morning to you. Good morning. Thank Hi. you very much indeed for for joining us. So we had this question about um, somebody who um, yeah who was in Los Angeles, has uh, reported to have you know looked for uh, where they've been given samples from positive cases, but couldn't see the uh-huh. virus through electronic electron microscope uh what's your uh insight into that your take on that
3: okay i'm, I'm not too aware of the uh, realities on the ground over there but uh i mean around the world in uh, different regions most prominently say in brazil or india or even pockets of canada at the moment you're seeing uh, major spikes of pcr confirmed covid19 so oh
5: absolutely
3: absolutely yeah no plus no not too confident about what the situation is uh, regarding what you're mentioning in the states. So it's possible that, uh, you know, once you bring one respiratory virus that is COVID-19 under some degree of control and people loosen up, um, you may have influenza surges. I mean, we we are probably in for a pretty bad (laughs) influenza season once uh, the pandemic situation passes. So, uh, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if influenza makes a return
4: my only qu- my question was in hong kong have we ever confirmed the covid with a uh, electron microscope or are we or are we just depending on the pcr test yeah. and then uh, you you know as well as you know as well as any medical person that the pcr tests were not really designed to test uh, people that were healthy
3: right um, we confirm all our COVID nineteen, nearly all our COVID nineteen with PCR. It is an extremely sensitive test, uh, very accurate test for COVID nineteen in general. However, we have also grown the virus, so we actually, um, from selected patients, we get the clinical samples and we actually grow the virus in our uh, high biosafety level laboratories. So. And then we confirmed that we've actually grown the virus out from their samples. So we okay. do have confirmation that COVID-19
4: is definitely an issue. <laughs> yeah. the, the, we do, but our, our cases are so low. But recently, the PCR tests are they're going up. So uh, we uh, this this professor, the PhD, he was stating that, you know, if you, if you run the PCR test 23 times or 24 times or 25 times, to get that sensitive um, COVID test that that he was coming up with no COVID, but a lot of influenza A and influenza B.
3: Right. Um, The
4: test itself,
3: would not cross-react between the two viruses? So you wouldn't have a patient with influenza having a positive COVID test because the the way the test is designed is that it is specific for the virus that causes COVID-19?
6: Yes. Sorry, and Professor Cedar, al- could you just... Um, more, very?
4: Question. And also with oh. the vaccine, they were testing, patients were testing positive after a, a positive COVID after they were taking the vaccine.
3: Yeah, that, that's possible because no vaccine on the market currently is 100% effective. So you might have people who catch COVID-19 uh, even after the vaccination, although the rate is much lower than someone who hasn't had the vaccine. So that,
4: that's but that the va- it was suspected that the vaccine was actually causing uh, the positive test.
3: Ah, that, that wouldn't happen because the vaccine actually, the vaccines that they're using in the States or in Hong Kong for that matter, don't, do not contain the live virus. So once it goes into your body, it there is no way by which it could actually trigger a, 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 a false positive PCR test.
4: Oh, that's that answers my question thank you very much no worries
6: and can I ask you very briefly Thanks, on behalf of, of, of dumb people like me can you just explain what the PCR test is
3: uh, okay so the PCR test is looking for the genes of the virus so as long as the sample that's obtained from a person suspected have COVID-19 has the genes of the SARS coronavirus 2 which is the cause of COVID-19 the PCR test would be flagged positive So it's specifically looking for certain genetic fragments of the virus in our body.
5: Ah, thank you. Okay, uh, one more comment. Yeah, this is on that uh, uh, looking for the uh, virus. Shekhar. On Facebook says, uh, transmission electron microscopy for viral detection requires special preparation, such as negative staining, embedding, and getting an ultra-thin section. Specimen storage, handling, and preparation are critical for detection of viruses. Even if the specimen is rich with viral load, experience and preparation are key to detection. That, that is uh, from Shekha. I've got another caller on the line now. James. Hi, good morning. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
8: Yeah, it's uh, Jim Middleton from Clear the Air. Hi, Hugh. Hi, morning. Hi. Uh, look, um, we we are keeping up with research on on what's going on, and I, I thought I'd share with some of the listeners some interesting uh, facts we've come up with. For example, they found in one study that drinking green tea um, has an effect on the ACE two receptor, which the uh, the COVID needs to attach to. And that those, it seems that those places that have a lot of green tea drinking get a results. So um, another thing was that we, I, I thought why are we having a three week quarantine here? Where's the scientific evidence? And I can't find it. And in fact what, what came up when I was searching this was the fact that the CDC uh, now recommends um, that a PCR test on the way into the quarantine, and a PCR test on the seventh day, and it was clear they can leave on the eighth. So it's very Sorry, which which lo-
6: CDC you talking about? Not the Hong the, Kong one. The, no,
5: the
8: US CDC.
5: Okay, okay. Well, a couple of issues there. Let's 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 see. Uh, Dr. Sudar, maybe maybe first. Uh, what about the the three week uh, quarantine? Do you, do we need a three week quarantine? Yeah, I think do
3: because Mm -hmm. what we're trying to do in Hong Kong is to prevent importation of variants that might potentially affect the vaccine effectiveness on the ground. So although the majority of people uh, become symptomatic from COVID-19 within 14 days of catching the virus, there is a significant minority of individuals who only become symptomatic or who start shedding the virus 21 days after exposure. So that was based on certain, uh, you know, large-scale epidemiological studies looking into this. So the um, decision was made to be extra cautious and extend the incubation period to 21 days. Because there is so much COVID-19 in the U.S., at least, uh, you know, in, the, in a few months back, they tend to place less of an effort in, um, in terms of border controls because they've got active community transmission ongoing, so it might not make too much sense to um, place very onerous restrictions on people coming in from abroad. But when you've got a setting like Hong Kong where local community transmission is so low already, then it makes a lot of sense to go the extra mile to prevent importation because that's where the virus is coming into Hong Kong from abroad. So that's why there's so much extra caution, um, you know, that Hong Kong is taking.
5: All right. uh, and Dr. Chan, uh, green tea, can uh, green tea help you not get COVID? Is that what you're saying, Jim? Yes, it's a,
8: there's a peer-reviewed study on it.
5: Okay, Dr. Chan, do you know anything about that? Uh, I
9: have scientific evidence that proves that green tea is of that significant effect in preventing or um, minimising the effects of uh, infection of COVID-19 in I haven't really come across uh, scientific evidence like that. All right, Jim. Uh, general t- people like to take
5: it. If you want to send us something, Jim, maybe I, we could pass that on to Dr. Chan. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, Jim. Yeah. Just
8: to follow up on that. Um, they found in Australia that hotel air conditioning systems are there is no uh, legislation on the. Uh, the rate of exchange rate, for example, in the isolation wards, you need a minimum of 14 to 16 air changes per hour. And the difference between positive and negative uh, pressures within the room. If you take a hotel room, especially in Hong Kong, those windows don't open. So you're not getting uh, the required amount of fresh air into the room. And how how do they just switch it on recirculation to save money? Mm. Okay. There seems to be no there seems to be no certification or publication of any results. In fact, in Australia, after they found the several cases of uh, in hotel transmission, they're now looking at housing the incoming quarantine uh, people in, in mining camps.
5: Okay. Jim, many many thanks for your call and many thanks to to our guests this morning, to uh, Dr Alvin Chan, co-chair of the Advisory Committee on Communicable Diseases at the Hong Kong Medical Association. And from the University of Hong Kong, Siddharth Sridhar, who's a clinical assistant professor in the Department of Microbiology. And Steve, uh, welcome. Many thanks for joining us today. The weather forecast before we go, it's going to be many cloudy with sunny periods and temperatures up to about 27 degrees today. It's going to be cloudy and windy with a few rain patches in the next couple of days. 22 degrees now, relative humidity is at 75%. It's important to have the right
6: medical insurance to cover your needs. The Voluntary Health Insurance Scheme offers
3: comprehensive coverage from 15 days old with guaranteed policy renewal up to 100 years old. Choose coverage that suits you and enjoy a tax deduction. Start early for peace of mind. Buying insurance with pre-existing conditions may affect premium and coverage. Get protected at different stages of life. Visit
1: vhis.gov.hk. 9.33, The News Now with Samantha Butler. A government adviser on the pandemic has urged health officials to cancel the SAR's order of AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccines amid concerns of a link between the shot and rare blood clots. Professor David Hoy said European regulators were still looking into the matter and noted that the drugmaker had not yet applied for emergency use permission in the SAR. Police say they've arrested a man for allegedly molesting a 12-year-old girl who had been left alone at home last Thursday while his female partner is suspected of burgling the public housing flat in Sao Maoping. Police say the assault was recorded on a mobile phone. And President Biden says the US is on track to exceed his goal of giving 200 million vaccinations in his first 100 days in office. Mr Biden said more than 80% of teachers had received at least one jab and that every American adult would be eligible for one from April the 19th. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock.
4: Welcome to a brand new morning, And now the back chat's through Hold tight to the side of your seat, it's the morning brew It's Phil Whelan and he's dealing an interview or two Live now on Radio 3, it's the morning brew He'll entertain you lots, well fingers crossed Until his voice is shot the dedicated individual Sit back, enjoy the chat Plus a tune or two Hold time to the side of your seats It's the Morning Brew
2: Good morning, welcome to Wednesday It is the Morning Brew and I'm back So a big, big thank you to James and Peter For looking after you